Greetings, guys and gals. Join me here at Success Over Stress, where the goal is to strengthen strategies that will defeat doubt, cure complacency, and strangle stress. I'm on the road to a healthier, happier, and stress-controlled life by taking control of my financial situation. With the right direction, so can you. Okay, Larry Russell, yes, finally, finally got you on. Now, everybody knows me, <laughs> world-renowned. I'm Eric with Success Over Stress, um, but today I brought Larry Russell Jr. with us to uh, talk a little bit about real estate, and um, man... That's that's my path to financial freedom. It's real estate, and as much as I love real estate, as much as energy and effort as I put into real estate, I haven't I haven't done a whole lot of podcasts on it. Um, so this is this is the first, and this is the first video podcast that I'm doing as well. But um, so this is the first uh, podcast that uh, going to bring to you about. Uh, kind of a deep dive or maybe a superficial dive into real estate. So uh, one of my good friends, Larry Russell, um, met him at a, at a local RIA event in Burlington. Right, RIA. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so since then, we kind of we kind of hooked up and, um, you know, I think I he's probably bought, brought more value to me than I brought to him. But uh, he's he's got a wealth of knowledge. He's done a lot in uh, multiple different areas of real estate investing. So uh, who better to bring to you than my mentor, <laughs> Larry? <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, Larry, first, I'm going to just ask you to kind of tell everybody. Um, and and also remember, like I said, typically we do the uh, the podcast uh, audio, but this one also be video. But um, you know, keep in mind too that a lot of the folks they uh, they'll be listening in as opposed to seeing the video. So please tell everybody who you are and um, what you're about. Uh, just like you, I guess, real estate investment, trying to uh, get that financial freedom, trying to, I guess have something on the side to where I can separate myself from what J over B just over broke as some people call it. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that was it. Uh, like you said, met you at the, uh, triad real meeting. Seemed like the most focused guy in the room that day. So I'm like, I got to see what the heck this guy's about. Right. Your laptop come in there look like after work, I guess with your uh, pants on or, or your scrubs. Your, yeah. There you go. Your yeah, scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, man, this guy got his stuff together over there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And just like you said, we connected. I would like to think, if anything, I added some theoretical value and you added the application as far as helping me because you've always been my go to guy. Like, how to do this? Or you come over and help me out when I'm in a pinch because right. uh, some of these contractors or whoever just ain't coming through. And you've helped me on numerous occasions. And the, um, the last time I tried to at least show my appreciation in other means, right? So, right, right. we with the floor. So if you don't yeah. talk about, yeah, with the flooring. So, yeah. So beyond well, so, that, man, that's pretty much it. Well, so, but what's your, um, what's, what's, what's your background though? Cause I mean, real estate, everybody wants to get into real estate. You know, it's, it's one of the, uh, one of the main movers of, of wealth in the country, you know, real estate and stocks. And we're 
we've kind of started talking about stocks. Right. And so yeah, we'll, <laughs> right. we'll go into that another time. But right. um, but but real estate, like I say, a little bit of everybody wants to get into it, and and then a little bit of everybody has horror stories about it. So depending on who you talk to, they'll say, hey, it's a great way to make money, a great way to have passive income. And then other folks will say, hey, you don't want to be fixing toilets, and you know it's um, it's not worth the it's not worth the effort. Uh, for me, I found that it is worth the effort, and I think probably you likewise. But um, how 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 did how is it that real estate makes sense for you? But to me, I always equate it to since I'm an engineer by education, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I got friends who have started some technical businesses, and sometimes I think about Bill Gates and all. Then we have to have a certain technical know-how. But I think with real estate, anybody can do it. I think one of my uh, favorite books got the quote, uh, which is the millionaire. A real estate investor says anybody could uh, anybody can do it, but not everyone will. Right. So real estate is the type of thing that I think, like I said, anybody can do it, but it just takes that commitment and uh, dedication to do it. And it is the one, um, I think, investment where if you got a job and good credit, you can leverage because, you know, I'm more of a leverage type guy. Right. So I always like to tell people I don't have any cash, but I got good credit. Right. So. I've been able to leverage my credit to buy houses, right? So everything I've done pretty much was leverage. So yeah. that's what and, got me where I am. And and um, the dynamics of our relationship is, you know, I mean, you and I know it well, um, but that's that's like when we first met, especially, you know, I'm, I'm the cash guy, right? So I'm the one who, you know, kind of comes in, um, tries to find properties that, uh, that, don't cost a lot. Put the sweat equity in, and uh, and and get it cash. And I was afraid of leveraging. I, I understood the the power of having uh, power of having credit, power of having good credit. But I didn't understand um, what you can do with the credit. I, I I really didn't understand that. I mean, I, like I said, you always taught speed into your head, have good credit, have good credit. And I'm like, I've got good credit. I've got great credit. Um, but I, I never used it, and uh, and I think that's one of the pieces of the puzzle that you put into my business is that the, the the power of leveraging, the power of being able to grow your business through OPP, you know, or OPM, right. <laughs> other people's problems. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I was gonna uh, think of another P, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, other people's money, right? Um, yeah. So talk to me about uh, how how leveraging for you has allowed you to really get into real estate, or or just what what the power of leveraging means for you in real estate yeah well for, to me i guess that if we want to say fame i claim the fame if i had any fame would be that uh mm-hmm. leverage credit because when i started out i guess my wife probably wasn't working at the time when i started and if she was all our resources was just tied up into the house and raised the family i guess shortly thereafter she probably did stop working so by having access to credit access to credit i was able to uh, use credit lines to buy my first property, right? So you know my history. I've done a little wholesale and flipping, but I think my first property was a flip, and then after that, I bought a rental property. And everything I did was always with leverage. So the first flip I did, I used hard money, but then I used the credit line to actually uh, rehab the property because back then, I guess hard money lenders would give you money just to buy the property and not 
him you up with um, the funds to re, uh, rehab it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I got some hard, I shouldn't call it hard stories, but stories where hard money lenders made you put the money in escrow where they control mm-hmm. your money, right? Mm-hmm. So, but my first hard money user, I just bought the house and then I used my credit lines to fix up the property and then flip it and then paid them back and paid myself back. Okay, so, uh, and, and like I said, kind of, uh, this is, uh, this is, Real estate investing intro one hundred and one. So, um, you, you you use a couple terms there. Uh, certainly, use hard money lender. You know, hard money. So, just uh, just give everybody an idea of what uh, hard money lender. Hard, what is hard money? Yeah, the classic question, money. right? right That's yeah. right. Find the term. So, right. I guess hard money, like I said, they call it hard because the uh, interest rates are high, right? So, I think when I borrowed that money some years ago, it was twelve percent, right? So, twelve percent interest only payments. Um, and of course they have probably like a 3% uh, origination fee, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why they call it hard because not only do they hit you over the head with your origination fee, because I think my first flip was a, let's say a $75,000 uh, purchase, right? So right. 3% of 75,000, whatever right. that is, that's in their pocket. Then you're paying the uh, interest, um, the monthly interest payments on it, right? So, and that's the good thing about it. You know what you're getting by paying interest on it. Because when they want to make it easy to sell, they just pay off the loan, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they take whatever prorated interest when you pay it off. So. Well, um, tell me if you don't mind what you, what you, where you stand with um, um, calculations, Ma- making sure that you can get in the property and that uh, that you're actually going to be profitable. Because once again, when you talk about hard money, when you talk about origination fees, when you talk about interest rate, all that's money and all that's money that's going out the door, right? And I think that's probably what initially turned me off of uh, using uh, leverage, right? Is uh, the fees involved. Later, I've learned, right, that the fees are involved because once again, it allows you to grow, it allows you to get in the door. Um, and if you if you um, make the right calculations, if you plan it right, then that's not that big a deal. But so, so how, how do you I think look what at? you're saying? So I think flipping to me is the easiest. And of course, flipping is when you buy a rough stated property, fix it up and then resell it right on a retail market. Right. So I think that is the easiest when you are using hard money, because if you. Uh, do all the calculations and you know all your expenses and you put it in your spreadsheet if you want to track it. So if you buy a house for 75 like the one that I did, I think my rehab cost when I first moved, let's say $18,000, right? So that plus the 3%, I mean, I'm, I don't have no calculator in front of me to start adding all this stuff up. But at the end of the day, when you sell it, the retail price minus the realtor commissions, you want the uh, leftover scratch to be more than what you put in. Now, I will admit my first flip, I might have made $4,000 or something on it, right? And I might have broke even, who knows, right? But I think the key is I didn't lose. And to me, it's like education because my first flip, I think I went to a seminar or something. And then, and it might have been, I think I went to the seminar in January. I think I had bought that rental property, not the rental property, the flip. Might have been in the summer, it might have been in March. It was it was one of those where after I went and read some books or whatever, it was like it's time just to jump in. <laughs> So I just jumped in and this was a property that I bought off the MLS at the time. And I think the um, owner was trying to sell it for maybe 10,000 more than what, but he was frustrated and was ready to sell. 
So I called them at a good place. And when I bought it, fixed it up and sold it, I think it sold probably within a week. I think mm-hmm. I sold that one for like 130 right? Nice. So um, and that was that one. And that one was a big challenge. And I think some some repairs end up being a little more than what you expect, right? But that's why you hopefully set aside 5% or 15% or whatever as a contingency. But, right, right. Okay. All right. Let's see. What have I got next for you? I want you to tell me uh, about um, how, 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 how lucrative is real estate investing? And you don't have to give me, you don't have to give me, you know, your financials, but um, idealistically, you know, what, what are, what are folks looking for in real estate investing? Maybe that they're not looking for in their 401k, right? Because you can put your money in your 401k and, you know, you can get a return there too. So why turn to real estate investing? Well, real estate is, of course, more risky, but what they say, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, right? So I think if someone does not get blindsided by not calculating all their expenses, right, Mm -hmm. and sticking to a budget, then it can be lucrative. Of course, the market can shift. And, and it has on folks when they're trying to flip a property, but then you have to convert it to a rental property. If your expenses or whatever hadn't um, been too high, so when it's time to sell it, or, or you have so much in it that if you can't sell it, you can convert it to a rental property, kind of hold off, right? Um, if you want to try to play the appreciation game, if you will. I mean, there's, there's several things you can do to, I think, offset the losses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of course the longer you hold it if you do some depreciation um, there's some some tax benefits right that I don't really calculate they're like the bonus if you will and then if you got appreciation if you hold it long enough that if the market appreciates um, so there's several ways to win I think with real estate Um, and of course it's generational too right I mean um, you determine your own um, I guess exit point if you will right because if a house if you uh, get a good handle on the market, if it don't turn on you too bad, I think you can sell it and you can make a profit or break even for that matter. But there's always some expenses where hopefully you will get the tax benefit. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, now, the market now is a little bit, a little bit bananas, right? So, and, and, and by that, um, guys, I'm saying that uh, the, the price of houses, the value of houses has gone up considerably. So in, in a market like the way it is now, because, you know, I was talking to one of my other buddies and he's, you know, he's in the mindset now to go ahead and break. Actually, a few buddies are in the mindset to break into real estate. Right. Um, but now, obviously, there's multiple uh, avenues of real estate that you go into. But as far as uh, trying to get a property at the right price in order to rent it out um, for a rental, what's your what's your take on the the current status of the market in terms of should you buy, should you hold, should you be looking for flips, should you be getting your finances right? What should you do in the in in 2021 the way the market is now? So, in my opinion, first I'd like to say my little quote, uh, everybody and grandma, right, is a right. real estate investor these days, at least want right. to be. Right. Um, but based on my point of view, 
I think right now flipping and wholesaling would be the way to go, right? Because the rental market, if you truly do the analysis, you know, like we always mm -hmm. talk about, I think that uh, when you take into account the what the property taxes, insurance, and then the price of a house, is no way that you're going to be the cash flow in this market if you take into account uh, maintenance, uh, mm -hmm. property management fee, capex, uh, yeah. vacancy rate. I just can't see it, and especially if you're financing. Right. right. If you're financing a property, there's no way you make your money. I don't care what nobody says. I have to see it now. If you can cut out the middleman, if you will, meaning the wholesaler, and you right. buy it directly from the um, seller, and as the house is so distressed that they can give it to you for a good deal, mm -hmm. then maybe. But houses that we were buying for twenty thousand are now selling for sixty-five, right. and they still need the same amount of work, if not more. Yeah. And again, there's no way these people are, are cash flowing. Right. Uh, they're it losing. Right. And, and 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 you said a lot there and all of it's very important. Um, I do want to um, pick out of there. You talk about CapEx. And uh, like I said, for folks who may not know what CapEx is, capital expenditures. Um, and yeah, guys, I mean, if you buy if you buy a set of sneakers, you eventually going to have to clean them every now and then. Right. So same thing with the house. If you get a house. Uh, it may be in turnkey condition right now, but down the road, it's going to need a roof or a branch is going to fall on it or um, the, the the plumbing is going to burn. It's going to have um, issues with maintenance and, and uh, overall upgrades that are going to need to be done. So, Well, I can give you an example for that right now. One yeah, of the houses I bought in 2019 in place tenant. Yeah, I probably spent no okay. more than a thousand dollars on a house to fix it up a little bit. If I put some vinyl side in or something around the um, the laundry room that they had, I think we trimmed some bushes. You know, just cosmetic stuff, right? Just to touch it. Right. Shoot, this month alone, the uh, the plumbing went out. Meaning, yeah. we had to spend some money on the plumbing. Air conditioning went out, right? So I'm spending about five thousand dollars to put a new uh, heat pump in there. Right, wow. so that's that capex expense. So I'm talking yeah. probably six thousand dollars that on a property I haven't had in more than two years. Let's say it's two years this month. I think right. I bought that one in uh, April. So let's say it's uh, yeah, I bought it in April of 2018. So yeah. a little over two years, I'm already replacing air condition, and I yeah. rode by there today, and it's going to need a, a new roof in a few years. Ah. So, but I paid twenty thousand dollars for that property. Let's say. Yeah. So that's not that bad, but that same house today would be for sale for somebody probably sixty thousand or so. And that's too much, right? Right. So they wouldn't be making no money off that thing, so. right? Well, and 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 speaking of um, uh, speaking of having your property and like you said, making sure that you do what's needed to it, doing what's needed to it, it's really important, guys, because really doing what's needed to it allows you to protect your investment. Um, if, if you don't put a roof on it when it needs a roof, then you got water infiltration, you got wood rot, you got you got possible termites, you got floor sagging. I mean, everything goes downhill when you don't keep up the property. And, and there's there's plenty of people who will buy properties and milk them for what they're worth and not put money into them, not maintain them, not do CapEx, none of that. Um, and then the house falls apart and Either they already got all their money out of it, so then they just let it sit on the neighborhood block and they let it rot away, or then they 
try to sell it to uh, an investor who can handle the amount of work that needs to be done to repair it. And and then they can let it go for a little of nothing because, like I said, they literally milked it for what it was worth and didn't put anything into it. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword um, mm-hmm. and yeah, getting properties. And if you want it to maintain, if you, what, what's, what's, what's the saying? Um, oh, with the, with the goose and the golden eggs, you know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can get the golden eggs, but if you take care of that goose, you know, then that goose is going to keep laying golden eggs for you. You can just take them golden eggs and you can run. But, you know, we we want to we want to take care of the goose. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's 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 a big nugget right there. Um, and that goes back to conversations that you and I have a lot of the time is, like you say, if you're not accounting for vacancy, capex, maintenance, taxes, insurance, um, if you're not accounting for all those things when you put your um, when you do your analysis on your property, then either you're not going to make money or you're not going to be doing one of these things and um, your, your your business will fall apart. So um, go into it. Like you say, if everybody in their grandma is doing it, then you, you're, you're doing them a service by helping make sure that they um, are doing the calculations and the analysis right. And then a lot of them say, you know what, maybe it's not it's not that um you know, it's, it's not worth it for me. Or maybe they, maybe they get into it. Yeah. Like I said, I think by real estate being the new frontier, everybody's just jumping in. And some people are not uh, looking at all the um, aspects of it, I guess. Right. Because even when I first jumped in, I mean, I was doing some reading, but I guess I wasn't reading the right stuff to uh, <laughs> take into account of. Uh, property management fee well that one was the easy one right because we need yeah. let somebody manage it but then the uh what we say maintenance yeah. capex uh, vacancy rate all those things i know my first rental property i didn't do that i just looked at okay if the mortgage is this and i can rent it for that then i'm right. cash flowing right right, right. <laughs> <laughs> which we all know there's some other factors in there that need to be uh taken into account right right so. well and, and that's one of my things um you know i'm i'm still the the landlord slash property manager, if you will. And um, I, I learned a few years back when I got to, I don't know, number property number four or something like that. Um, you know, you definitely need to account for a, because during my analysis, I wouldn't, I wouldn't include property management. You know, I wouldn't include that eight, 10% um, because I was taking care of it. But then I, I, it was between you and also uh, reading say, well, you still need to account for that because it, as, as you grow and as you scale, it's 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 not that big a deal to manage one property, four properties, but, you know, 10, 15, 20, however many that gets a lot harder. So um, when you get to that point, either now you're going to have a full time job or you're going to shift that workload to a property, you know, a professional property manager and you'll be glad that you that part of your analysis was incorporating uh, the cost of that uh, that fee. No, so. I agree with you. Even if, just to say it a little differently, <laughs> uh, even if you wanted to manage it and do everything, like you said, for the life of it, but let's say one day you change your mind. Yeah. At least you know you factored in where you can afford it because right. the one guy, like we said, uh, I helped before and I was talking to him, I told him about all these parameters. 
but he bought a house and he didn't factor that in because he said, I'm going to manage it. Then he was thinking about not managing it anymore. I'm like, well, did you put that in? No. So, of course, right. his cash flows goes down. Change. Right? Yep. <laughs> because yep. he didn't account for that. Right? Yep. So. Yeah. And, and, and literally, man. And, and this is the life, guys, of a real estate investor. Well, for me, anyway. Literally, when uh, when we got on the podcast, I get a text message, and it's one of the tenants, and they, <laughs> and it's actually a call. You know, they they calling me about something, and you know, I've been dealing with them for the last uh, couple of weeks and trying to train them and make sure that they're um, putting their requests in the proper portal, um, but they're not doing it, and they want to do it their way. But um, you know, it's like when you go to Walmart, like you got to go through this line to check out, like this is the order. This is the way it's got to be done. And so you can fudge it around some, but at some point you kind of got to uh, train it to treat it like a business. Right. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it it can be it can be a long road, but it can be um, it can be a very fulfilling road, too. Yeah, and, and so. I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, with training them, lucky for me, I'm not training any of them right now, but I can see in that scenario, you take your call and you say, okay, I hear you, but submit the order. That's it. Do the process that I told you, and yeah. then I can look at it, right? Yeah. So I hear you, but I'm not going to be able to look at it until you submit it in the proper right. way. Right. And they will. So, right. But you don't take the call and then you start completing the task. It's like, why? Why do I got to go through your system if if you're gonna allow me to scapegoat it, right? Exactly, exactly. And um, and I, I think that's one of the things that you and I over the past couple of years uh, have really been talking about is is systems, um, systematizing things, and that that makes things automatic. And and that systemization allows you to work on something else right because when that's automatic then you have the you have the energy you have the resources to work on something else but if you're constantly especially if you don't have a system we'll talk about stocks later because <laughs> you know <laughs> like i have a system but i don't i don't use that's it <laughs> so uh, but yeah yeah well um but the the real estate stuff though i i, I love my systems here um talk to me really quickly about about your system, about the, you know, like I said, for me, when I started off, you know, like a one man show, uh, doing everything, taxes, you know, uh, working on the, on the houses, putting the floors down, doing this, doing that. I've learned that having the team is, is very important. That's part of that system. Um, how do you organize? What's the structure of your business that allows you to be able to say, okay, this is, this is, uh, um, um, this portfolio, this is, this is a business that, um, is, has met some success. So I'll say for me, unlike you who, who are hands-on, which I admire more than anything, but I'm pro property manager, right? So I have a property manager to manage my uh, tenants, which, um, release a lot of burden off me because you know me I mean I still work a full-time job and I commute to work when when I was going to work that is right so now I work from home but uh, right. man I mean just having a property manager take them calls and deal with it just like even today we got an issue with again that uh, 
the plumbing issues and the, the HVAC. So I'm talking to property managers to basically deal with those issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the same property, like everything's going on with that property. I mean, the bushes were grown and out of whack. So I had one of their employees go there and trim the trees and the bushes today. And I rode by to check to make sure it was all done. So it's kind of nice when you have a resource that you can call on, right? Because they have contacts. And sometimes if I don't have anybody, I ask them if they can refer somebody or whatnot. So that has been my saving grace. I think having a good property management team that you can work with and, you know, um, if you could, you trust them to get the job done. So I'm real happy with my property management team and they also are realtors. So if, if I have a property that uh, my need or if I need comps or whatever, I can make that call and they'll, they'll give me comps, right? Because I'm feeding them enough money monthly. Right, 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 right. <laughs> with that property management fees and everything else. So, uh, it- LLC. Yep. You got an LLC? LLC. Yep, yeah, of course. That yeah. that important to you, or is it? It is. So we said the name of my business. So of course it's Russell Kingdom Investments, right? There you go. So, but you don't just have the go. one though, right? Well, I have two, right? Yeah. So yeah, mine see. are broken up into a long term, uh, where all my rental properties under one business, and then all my um, wholesales and flips will be on the another to separate the long term from the short term because they're taxed differently, right? So yeah. I don't want to mix up my short term with the, with the long term. Now, even though I have bought a property with the intent of maybe keeping it a rental, then I realize it's a good flip and then I flipped mm-hmm. it within the rental business, which I'm trying not to do that anymore, right? So. I, I still wish you would have kept that, uh, kept Dogwood, man. Yeah, you and me both. So, yeah. uh, and I wish I would have kept, now I think about it, I wish I'd have kept all my flips, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, made good rental property. So, but, but so, but so, you know, Dogwood was, uh, was a property that, that Larry got. It was, um, what was it? Um, it's like a hoarder house or something like that. Yeah, it was a hoarder. Now, that one was 100% uh, leverage. So I used a credit line, I used credit cards. Uh, I, I financed it that way without going through a hard money lender, which saved me a significant amount of cash. So. But but that one also was um, that area was really start even before you finished that area. They were already starting to break ground, like right down the road with new. Mm-hmm. Uh, new developments and stuff and now yeah. you know they've got a lot of those developments up they put up a 7-eleven um have you looked to see how much that house is worth now i try not to do those kind of things okay yeah i know now i will I say this though i started to make the comment earlier my first flip i sold it for i think 131 yeah. they have it on the market the people i sold it to for 131 they're for i think 188 now wow so we're talking fifty thousand dollars more yeah and i think that one i flipped in 2014 right yeah so what's that six seven years yeah and you're talking about an increase in over fifty thousand dollars right that they're trying to sell it for but what would you do with it right i mean because what what are you going to do you know you're going to now that the market's hot you're going to cash out and maybe not uh but what would you do with it would you take a loan against it or no no i mean if, if you were to still have it i mean as as it goes up in equity that helps your net worth and everything like that but yeah, but um, you got to remember if you put a loan on it, now your payments have increased. So you got to right. look to see if the new amount is offset by the cash that you're pulling out or, you know, whatever. Right? Is it going to kill your cash flow? And right. if so, you got to calculate, okay, if I'm, let's just say if I'm breaking even, but that cash that you pull out, of course, that's not taxable. So it's just yeah. a lot of things you have to look at the numbers to see 
what uh, makes you happy. Because once you pull that money out, you have increased the loan on it, which is going to increase your monthly payments. Right. But in the grand scheme, and, and that's how I looked at um, the 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 loan that I took out uh, last year, one of the refinances that I did, uh, I, I wasn't looking at it um, just based on that one property, which it still does okay based on that one property. But I looked at it against my entire portfolio. This new payment that I have of $326, being able to take that $30,000, $40,000 that I can then buy, you know, a $70,000 house with, I mean, this little bit allows me to do this much. So even though it may, you know, kind of balance out that one property, now I've got two properties, you know, so um, it's definitely a, it's definitely a big picture, um, big picture play. So believe it or not, I used to think like that a lot, right? But now I'm more, I'd pull that cash out and I just sit it in my escrow account for really? like we, we talked about these contingencies and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think now as properties get older, um, that CapEx is going to be a major thing. And right. man, I would sit, if I pulled out 40 today, I'm probably going to sit half of it in an escrow account and just have it as my fall fall back on money if something happens that's just the way i'm thinking now right so. right yeah i mean where i'm at now i mean you know you and i've talked about it i mean you know multiple properties in i like to get maybe one more but um i'm i'm not trying to get a bunch more i just working on getting um getting some of these loans from last year paid down and paid off and um uh taking care of the properties that i have now uh so that next year i can Clown on a beach. You know? Well, I mean, you know, that's the one thing I've changed my philosophy, right? I used to want to have about 40 or yeah, 50 you did. properties. Yes, sir. But then I was reading something. They said, well, the more properties you have, the more you got to take care of. And I started yeah. thinking about that thing, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could accomplish the same goal by maybe mm -hmm. a smaller number and pay them off, that's or, it. Or have that payment such that I'm still cash flowing the amount that I need. Them yeah. be okay, right? And supplement some additional income in another way to, I guess, diversify, if you will. Yeah. So, my my um, real estate, um, how should I say? I don't want to say is maybe dying down the excitement. Maybe it's because the market is like it uh, is, bit, or yeah. just trying to diversify. Because every time I, I talk like this, but like my ongoing renovation, I mean, I get excited. I still go there and walk around and look and just kind of like, okay, this is what I need to do. So, right. Um, I still love it. Right. And I yeah. still think it's the new frontier to make, yeah. um, anybody, uh, wealthy. I think, um, the electrician who came over to my house today to do some work on my primary, he was talking about he met an investor because I told him I am a real estate investor. And he said he met a guy who does investment. He's a millionaire, right? From mm -hmm. doing different things. He has some commercial properties and so different type of properties, right? Yeah. And I think with real estate, it is easy to become a millionaire on paper. Now, right. cash flow a million is a little different than being right. a millionaire on paper. But, yeah. uh, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've talked to some people before, you know, real estate investors, like, yeah, man, I got, uh, I've got 40 properties and stuff. And, uh, you get to talking to them and they, you know, they are in co-ownership with a bunch of other investors, you know, with Ford Properties. Like I, I was talking to one guy, you know, he's um, he uh, he's into stocks and um, he bought some shares of a company. And uh, he was like, yeah, I bought a company such and such. 
You bought a company, man. <laughs> you bought 50 shares is what you did. You didn't buy the company. You know, right. so, um, pe- you know, people put themselves on the pedestal sometimes and, 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 and that's OK. But, um, you know, are you happy with what you're doing? You know, um, and at the end of the day, if you look down the road and you say, I've done what I what I what I set out to or I actually put in the effort, then and that's it, man. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's key too. Is like don't judge your page one by somebody's one hundred. There you go. Or and I used to be somewhat competitive with you, right? And, and yeah. I said, like, man, this guy got this. And probably said this, and I'm sure you vice versa, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, like we're doing the, the same thing. Day, yeah, it's like you know, your properties are yours, your opportunity and mine are mine. Right. At the end of right. the day, they're all trying to get us to a common goal. Yeah, and. Uh, respecting each other as real estate investors to watch and learn, if you will. And don't be grandiose. I think that's the good thing about you and I. We're not grandiose. Sometimes right. I think I'm too friendly by sharing with people what I do. It's like, why hide it? I right. Know, some people right. want to hide it. I think it's all about growth and sharing, right? And, and I know that's one thing that we did, especially early on. We're both proud of our, um, like you say, uh, our systems, our approaches, um, our spreadsheets. So, you know, we we shared our spreadsheets, our kind of knowledge base and that kind of thing. Um, and then and then one of the things I, I'll make sure that I'll kind of put a plug in for you. Um, like I said, you started up that um, you started up the mastermind and it's it's for me, it's the mastermind, you know, with um, uh, with with uh, Bob and Elliot and uh, Doss. I mean, it's it, it's those guys. It's it's the mastermind that really like catapulted me to the next level um you know so like i said i I got a lot of value out of that and um i'm i'm thankful for the uh the the relationship that we have that the um you know it's a it's like you said it's, it's it's a good spirit it's a good um kind of piggyback um back and forth like you said i and honestly for me like i said i'm Maybe one or two more properties, man. I, I'm, I, I might like to get an apartment or something, uh, like a little small fourplex or something like that. But, um, you know me, man. I'm tight. I'm tight with money, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to get multi-million dollar properties or nothing like that. So, yeah, I would. Was it your phone ringing? No, nah, that's my uh, my technology. We archaic over here, man. We got. <laughs> We got old little uh, old speaker systems that uh, they get a little bit of static interference. They go crazy. <laughs> I mean, and I will agree with you on the the real estate front. That I mean, I would love to buy more houses, but I mean, this is supposed to be a, a pro real estate. I just say that you have yeah, to manage the funds and be. Right. This is just. Uh, <laughs> keeping it real and I think that's the problem yeah. people don't keep it real enough right Right. everybody wants right. to make everything seem like it's so grandiose this mm-hmm. and that and you can be a millionaire in a week and all that stuff right with with, with no stress <laughs> right with right, no yeah. overhead right I mean it's going to take you some money you can hustle you can do it without some money per se or somebody else's money but I mean I think I heard it from Brandon Turner and I always kind of tweak it a little bit it's three things right Either you got hustle, knowledge, or money, mm-hmm. right? In that triangle. And right. It's always going to require two of them. If you don't have no money, you better have some hustle and some knowledge. Right. 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 And if you don't have no knowledge, you better have the money to pay somebody who has the knowledge. 
and then you still got hustle is always in there because you got to work right right unless you then convince somebody to work for you but it, then you got to pay them so yep. then you got to have some money right yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh awesome experience to say i'm gonna coach you and you're gonna do the work for me and, right. but at the end of the day it takes some money and i think or access uh access to cash or credit right and that has been my claim to fame again so if you have that and you leverage it right because i've had one credit line since 2008 same credit line just renew it just keep it going there you go so well man i appreciate you coming on um I wish I had done a better job about uh, keeping up with what we talked about because I'm going to have to have you back so we can talk about some of the other stuff, go a little bit deeper into, um, like I said, some of the actual um, analysis, maybe uh, ARV, you know, um, just just dig a little bit deeper, you know, interest rates and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you know, I got to um, be prepared for you on that. Boy, yeah, you be, make, you be making me sweat. No, man, no, no this, you know, I. I, I feel, you know, I feel like it's been long enough that I hadn't really been doing a lot of this stuff that uh, I'm like, man, have I forgotten some of it? But then it just comes right back to you. Um, but then, you know, some of the some of the simpler things like, um, you know, like we talk about when you, um, you know, get get a Lowe's account, get a Home Depot account, you know, when you're getting um, appliance. If you're going to have like one or two properties, then go bananas, right? Get you all kinds of different fixtures for every property. But if you're going to have multiple properties, try to find you one, um, one, one vanity set, one, uh, one type of fixture, you know, keep a couple in supply, whatever, but, um, don't, don't make it complicated, you know, systemize it. Don't make it complicated. I think that's, uh, that's kind of the takeaway. Uh, like I said, if, if you want to, uh, have success without stress. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Eric and that's been Larry. I'm out. Yep. I appreciate the interview and I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. We'll get you back next time, man. Yes, sir. All, All right. right, brother. Yep, Peace. Thanks. Yep.